This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with me this afternoon. My name is Ken Balajin. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And right now, I'm actually recording the podcast in my backyard. So I just have to do it because it is absolutely beautiful outside. It's a little bit windy, so I'll try to edit that out. But there's also wind chimes. I want to try to keep those in. (laughs) If you hear children, they could be mine, could be the neighbor's child. Also, you may hear airplanes. We'll try to edit those out too. Uh, But again, I, I just could not resist this opportunity to be outside and to be able to record outside. And I think the reason why is, again, because it is, it is absolutely beautiful out here right now. And I think that's one of the things that's really interesting to me is although COVID-19 has had its challenges, although at times it's been difficult, although times it has been maybe being, maybe have been overwhelming, It's had its moments. I think we would all agree with that. But I think also in COVID-19, I hope that we are not so focused on what we've missed or what we've lost, that we're not taking the opportunity to recognize the moments that are absolutely beautiful. Moments that we normally wouldn't have. Because I'll be honest with you, normally I wouldn't record this podcast outside. Normally, I wouldn't even be in this place where I'm at right now. I'd be in the church, I'd be at work, maybe I typically record this in the sanctuary there. So, so I would have missed this opportunity to be outside in the elements. And I have to tell you, I'm loving it. <laughs> I absolutely am. I am loving being outside right now. What about you? I'd be interested to, to find out Have there been any unexpected benefits that you've gotten because of COVID-19? I know that maybe you got the benefit of just spending extra time with your family. I'll tell you, one of the benefits that's happened with our family is because we have not had to drive our kids around everywhere. I'll put it this way. I think it was a month between the time I filled my gas tank until the last time I just filled it up. So we've been saving tons of money on gas. So because of that, you know what that's freed us to do? Is actually order food to, to eat out. Although we haven't been eating out, we've been eating in, but we've been ordering food from Grubhub and restaurants, and we've been able to do that more and have a privilege that way, which is, which is really neat. So, you know, we've ordered food from a place like the original Red Onion, which is really fantastic Mexican food. Uh, the other thing that we've ordered is is Nino's pizza right around the corner from our home. Hey, if you want Nino's pizza, I mean, if you want good pizza, go to Nino's. I mean, it is fantastic. And they had a deal where I think we got like a, um, I want to say that we got a jalapeno pizza with another chopping but it also came with spaghetti and a salad and French toast. 
or not French toast, French bread. <laughs> yeah, we put syrup on it. No, no, no. It was French bread. But it was absolutely fantastic. I totally enjoyed it. So there are opportunities that we've had because of this COVID-19 that we wouldn't have had if it were otherwise. So what about you? Are there some benefits or there are some things that you've learned or that you've experienced that you wouldn't have otherwise? And as I'm saying that, I just want to let you know that this coming Sunday is going to be our last installment of the series that we've been doing called I'm Out When You've Lost Faith in the Faith. And we're starting a brand new series called The New Normal. And here's what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at COVID-19 and talking about, you know, now that the states are starting to open things up slowly, well, especially here in California, we may feel like it's really slowly, but it's to our benefit. And we have to try to remember that as well. But although the, the states start to open things back up, now what is it going to look like? What does it look like as we, as we begin to settle back into a new normal? Because I'll tell you, initially, although we may be excited about going back to church, church may look a little bit differently because of coming back to COVID-19. When we start to go back to like restaurants, right? In some places, restaurants are starting to open up. And haven't you noticed that, especially on the East Coast where, the, where some of the restaurants are wide open, they're still doing elements of having to practice safe social distancing while the restaurants are open. Like, for example, I saw one restaurant in Ohio, they put shower curtains between each of the tables so they could practice safe social distancing. Uh, there's a restaurant that I saw in Italy, I think it was in Venice, which is, I mean, that's, if you can eat dinner in Venice, that's already awesome. <laughs> but it was a restaurant in Venice that had tables outside and each table had like a little glass house around it. So again, a way to be able to practice safe social distancing. So although we're going to be excited when things open back up, it's still going to look and feel a little differently, isn't it? Like, what is it going to look like when you go back to work? How are we going to practice that? How, how are we going to settle in to that? So what we're going to do in this series is we're going to, we're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about this new normal and how do we adjust to that and what are some, and, and there are, believe it or not, there are some things in the Bible that it has to say to us about it. So make sure that you tune in. So that's not going to be starting this Sunday. This Sunday would be the last installment to the I'm Out series. And here's what we're looking at for this one, uh, for this Sunday. So we're going to be talking about, you know, let's say, for example, you've been tuning in to what we've been talking about and you're thinking about your faith and kind of where you're at, for some people, it's still a struggle in coming back to their faith. And so we're going to look at, well, what are, some, what are some of the things that hinder us from being able to step back into the fold, from being able to step back into the faith, and to be able to do it in a way where we can really thrive in our relationship with God, yet still work through all the questions that we have to work through. Because I want to make this really clear that it is possible for you to come back to Jesus, for you to restore your relationship with him, 
I still have questions that need to be worked through. Because again, the central message of Christianity is this, is that there is a God who loves you. And what he did was he gave his son for you. And his son lived, his son died, his son was crucified, and his son rose again so that we could be able to have this opportunity to be able to be set free and have this relationship with him. So that's the central message. If we get the central message and we commit to him, then all the other stuff we can figure out. We can process it. There might be even things where we agree to disagree. And that's fine too. But we can know this, because I believe in Jesus and who he is and what he's called me to do, and I'm committed to living the life that he's called me to live, then that restores my relationship with him. And all the other stuff we can process and we can figure out. So make sure you join us for this Sunday on our live stream, 1030 a.m. We're on both YouTube and Facebook. If you're not able to watch it um, live, then you can actually go back and you can watch the replay on our website or on Facebook or on YouTube as well. And that way you can be able to follow up and just follow up and finish out this series along with us. And we hope that you will be able to be there. So this Sunday, we talked about the problem of evil. And see, the previous Sunday, here's what we asked. We asked this question, if, if God is such a loving God, then why is there evil? Then why is there evil? And I can go back to the place where it kind of all started. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it talks about how, before this, it talks about how God has created the earth and he's created everything that man would need. And then he creates man and woman. And he has his first conversation with, with specifically with, with man with Adam and he says this he says but the Lord God warned him you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil if you eat its fruit you are sure to die if you eat its fruit you are sure to die now that is a challenge for many people I've had some really great conversations about this very verse because people wonder, well, if, if God is such a loving God, then why would he give them that choice? It, it almost seems like God is setting them up to fail. That's what some people think that God set Adam up to fail by giving him this one tree. He's free to eat from every tree in the garden except for this one why would God set him up to fail? Or maybe there's another way that we can look at it. And I want to offer this thought. Can you have love if you don't have choice? I mean, if, if a husband came home and said, hey, baby, I love you. I bought you home some flowers. 
because I have to. <laughs> or, honey, I love you, she says, and I made you dinner because I'm a wife and I have to. How long do you think that marriage would last if both people are doing it because they have to? See, in order for true love to be able to exist, there has to be choice. And there is a difference, right? If, if I came home with flowers and I said to Heidi, honey, I was at the store and I saw these and they made me think of you. How beautiful is something like that? If a man really took the time out to romance his wife and serenade his wife because he wants her to know that he chooses her out of all the women in the world that he could have chosen to be his wife he chose her and of all the, out of all the men that she could have chosen to be her husband she chose him there's something really powerful when you bring choice into the equation isn't it and, and i would argue this that if god had not put the tree into the garden and eliminated the opportunity for adam and eve to choose to love him back I would argue that's not a loving God. If I have to love you because I have to love you, I'm forced to love you, then is that really love? Now, if I choose to love you, then there are all kinds of benefits that come as a result of that. And if I choose not to love you, then there are consequences that come because of that. And God did. God communicated those consequences. And some people will say, well, by communicating the consequences, then isn't that being forced to, to love someone? But again, you can't have choice without consequence, right? Because if there's no consequence to it, there is no choice. So there has to be both in that way. So I think it's important for us to dig into this because I would say this. Choice equals love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him, so you have a choice to believe, or you have a choice not to believe. You have a choice to believe. You have a choice to choose to walk away from that belief. But it goes on to say, for those who believe will have everlasting life.
So there has to be. I mean, isn't it the same way? Like, if you think about a marriage, isn't it the same way? Like, if, if you choose actions that are abusive, if, if you choose actions that are unloving, like, we would say to someone, hey, 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 don't let her treat you like that. Don't let him treat you like that. If he is sleeping around on you with other women, you deserve better than that. And you should walk away from that. So what happens is his choice has brought about a consequence. His choice has brought about a consequence. Now, if he chooses to remain faithful, then they stay madly and deeply in love with one another. And, and not only that, I mean, of course, there are other things that have to be there for them to be madly and passionately in love with one another than just faithfulness. I mean, we know that. I mean, there's there's a emotional investment that he needs to make uh, into his wife. I mean, there's no doubt about that. However, as we look at this, maybe there's some elements that we can learn there when it comes to choice and what choice really is and how vital it is to have choice if you're going to have a relationship. And so it would make sense. If God is a loving God, then there has to be choice. Which then brings us to this question then. Well, if God is a loving God and he sees all of this evil, then why didn't he do something about it? Why does he allow suffering? He sees what people are going through. He sees what they're wrestling with. He sees what's happening with COVID-19. He also sees the level of injustice that exists around this world. Why doesn't he step in and do something about it? Why doesn't he step in and do something about it? He sees the horrific ways and ills in which man can treat mankind. Why doesn't he step in and do something about it? Well, it, it does say this in Revelations chapter 21. It says this in Revelation chapter 21 verses 5 through 8. It says, and the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will freely give from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children but to cowards and unbelievers, to corrupt murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worship, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is a second death. So, so the Bible does talk about this idea of judgment, that one day we will all stand before God and we will all give an account for our lives. And on that day, based upon one simple question, 
did you receive my son or not? Then what happens is for those of us who say yes, then we'll be spending eternity with him. And for those who say no, then they surrender themselves to the judgment of God and what God decides to do and how he decides to handle it, which is really uncomfortable, right? That's not the side of God <laughs> that we like to think about. I like to think about the loving, forgiving, compassionate, merciful God, abounding in love. I don't like to think about the God of judgment. And I know that there are some Christians who have misused the concept of God being a judging God, God being out to get you. And I have seen it where Christians have manipulated others to follow Jesus, utilizing techniques that emphasize guilt, that try to make you feel, well, I, I need to believe in Jesus because I'm afraid of God's judgment, right? I've seen people do that. And I've also seen it though, where pastors have gone to the other, other side of it and they don't talk about the consequence of the next life at all. And that's not healthy either. You know, like with, with my children, one of the things I want to do with my children is I want to make sure that my children understand in life that there are certain choices that if you make, if you make, they will put you in a path to have a really great life. And there are also other choices that you make. If you, if you make them, they could also put you on the path to having a horrible life. Like as a father, I need to educate my children on that. And as a father, I think God wants to educate us on this as well, is in your lifetime, you will have choices. And those choices will ultimately one day put us in a position where we will have to stand before him and justify the life that we've lived and the choices that we've made. And on that day, when we all stand before him, because the pastor said, I am making things new. So on the day when we stand before him, that will be the day where evil is stamped out. That will be the day that we've been asking for. God, why don't you do something about this? That'll be the day. That'll be the moment where there will be no more evil, no more dying. It will all be done. No more suffering. The peace that we're asking for, that we're longing for, we'll have on that day. That's the promise that God gives. That's where we can hang our hat on. It will happen. But until then, we face this challenge because the scriptures have been very clear that there is going to be challenge. But here's the thing, and I love this verse in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It, it reminds us of just this incredible love that God does have for us. And it reminds us of who he is. It reminds us of why isn't it? Why doesn't God step in and do something right now? 
Like, like if he loved me, why didn't he do something right now? Well, it says this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord isn't really slow. Or the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. What is that promise? That one day this will all come to an end. One day judgment will happen. He's not slow about keeping that promise. As some people think, no, he is patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to come to repent. In other words, God wants to see the world be rescued. And so why is he taking his sweet time? Is he's taking it because he wants to give every single person who can to have the opportunity to experience love, forgiveness, renewal, healing, restoration, ultimately a relationship with his son, and ultimately, ultimately, <laughs> eternity in heaven with him. That's what he desires for us to experience. So in the meantime, yes, we will have trials. Yes, we will have hardships. Because again, God is delaying judgment as long as possible so that he can give every single one of us the opportunity to experience forgiveness. And that's why, you know, there, there are some people that ask me, well, Ken, what about those who have never heard this good news? Well, I think this is why. He's trying to give it as much time as possible for them to be able to hear it. Because he wants all to come to know him and spend eternity with him. So then what do we do in the meantime? What do we do in the meantime when we are in this world of suffering, the, the moments of the COVID-19s and whatever other challenge there may be that comes up in the future? What do we do in the meantime? And we remember this, that God never promised an easy life. That Christianity really was, it was birthed out of tragedy. What is that tragedy? Again, Jesus Christ went to the cross. He suffered. He suffered. And if that which is perfect, if, if, if he who is perfect went to the cross and suffered and realized that he went to the cross and he died for the very people that killed him. And before we judge those that killed him, you know what? If we were there, we may have participated in his killing too. But he died for us. And some people would even go on to say, you know, every time we sin, like now, in our existence right now, that every time we sin, it's like putting another nail through the wrist of Christ or through the feet of Christ. Some people would argue that. So I, I think it's important that we don't judge the people of that time. But he did. He went to the cross for us. He suffered. He died. And so if he doesn't avoid it, then guess what? We don't get to avoid it either. We will go through the challenges. But here's the beauty of that. Three days later, he rose again. He rose again. And here's what's going to happen. One day we will all cross over the threshold of death just like he did. But if we accept what it is that he has done, then we also will rise too. And we will rise to be with him. 
we will rise to be with him. So here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, don't make the same mistakes that the disciples made over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Jesus said to them, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be arrested. I am going to be crucified. I am going to be killed. But don't focus on the bad stuff <laughs> because in three days, three days later, I will rise again. I will rise again. He said that over and over because he wanted them to understand what it was that he was about to do. And you know what's really interesting? Is it happened exactly like he said he would. Or he, it happened like he said it would. He went to the cross. He was arrested. He went to the cross. He died an unjust death. And you know what all of those disciples did? They forgot. They forgot. So during that three-day period, they hid. They were afraid for their lives. They questioned everything. Their doubts consumed them. They lived in hopelessness. The very fabric, the very core of their faith was gone. It was gone. But then they saw him again. And all of the faith came flooding back. And all the trust came flooding back. And, the, and their lives do, their, their, their lives, the change in their lives prove that something different had to happen. And that something was the resurrection. But, but I wonder what, what it would have been like if there would have been that singular voice saying, hey man, hey, hey, remember? He told us this was gonna happen. Let's just wait three days, three days, baby. Three days, two days and a wake up. He's coming back. He's coming back. All right. All right. One more day. One more day. All right. Today's the day. Today's the day. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. See, Jesus, I knew it. I knew it. I you said you would. And here you are. <laughs> Just imagine if that would have been the story of their faith. Just imagine if that would have been the story of their faith. So I want to encourage you to not make the same mistake, the same mistake that the disciples made and abandon your faith because of trial and abandon your faith because you've lost hope and abandon your faith because things aren't working out the way that you thought that they would, that things aren't fitting the vision that you had for your life. Don't abandon your faith the way that the disciples did. But if you do, but if you do, let me tell you this, on that third day, he rose again and he appeared to them. He sought them out to appear to them again. And guess what? He will seek you out because he loves you that much. And he will constantly speak. He will constantly make his presence known. He will constantly express his love. He will not ever, ever give up on you. And for that, I say, praise him for his incredible love that he has for us.
So again, why does evil exist? Because God truly is a loving God and he's given us choice. And if he is loving God, why does he do something about evil? He's going to. He will. One day, evil will meet its end. And in the meantime, he's being patient because he wants to give every single person a chance to enter his kingdom. So in the meantime, what do we do while we're suffering, while it's hard? Don't abandon the faith because we will be with him. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Again, for this series, I've tackled some tough questions. Questions that I haven't really, really delved into uh, in ministry before. And it's been really a time of growth for me, too. And so for those of you who have been patient through this process and listening through this process, thank you for being patient with me and allowing me to dig in. And, and there will be, I've decided there will be series in the future where we will tackle tough issues and tackle tough questions, because I want to make sure that those of us who believe in Jesus, that we are grounded and founded in our faith. So I do want to invite you tomorrow, starting tomorrow, May 21st, every Thursday at noon, I'm starting something called The Mid. It's going to be a midweek dose of encouragement. And that's the whole idea behind The Mid. And sometimes we need a midweek, midday dose of encouragement. So starting tomorrow, May 21st, Thursday at noon. So if you miss it tomorrow because you're listening to this podcast, whenever you listen to it, <laughs> it'll be there the following Thursday. But I'll be on Instagram live. So head on over to Encounters Profile. I'll be there live sharing words of encouragement. If you come across a great quote, please send it to me. That may be the topic for my next quote. If you need encouragement in a specific area, again, reach out, let me know, and I will address that area. Now, I promise you, I won't name names. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass anyone or anything like that. But I believe this, that if you come to me and you need encouragement, there may be someone else who's out there who needs that encouragement as well. Again, if you could do us a favor, if you could rate and review us, uh, that would be great. And again, as I've said before, if you would not give, a, give us a five-star review, please tell me why. I, I would love to know. I would love to know why. And I also want to take this moment to apologize. I know I probably shouldn't record it outside, but I, I, it's just so beautiful. So if there's a few extra bumps in the mic than normal, I apologize. I tried to edit those out as much as I can. But again, I, I just wanted to encourage you. Go out. Sit outside in your backyard. If you don't have a backyard, go on your balcony. If you don't have a balcony, the parks are open, go to a park. But get outside and give yourself an opportunity to embrace and experience the beauty of God and his creation. And just a quick reminder, encounters about three things. Love up, being madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's do everything that we can to love our fellow man and love in. What are you doing to take care of yourself so that you can be the best possible you? 
exercise, rest, relax, read, dream, set goals, make a difference in the lives of others. What are you doing to be the best possible you? Love up, love out, love in. And again, thank you for spending time with me. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.